Okay, we are doing now Tuesday's portion of Shemini. Hey. So here we are on the eighth day of the consecration of the dedication of the tabernacle. This began on the 23rd of Adar. They had seven days of erecting it, serving, and dismantling for seven days with Moshe, with Moses as the priest. And now it's the eighth day, which therefore means it's the first day of the Jewish month of Nisan. And that first day is very special for many reasons, this one being one of them. But here we have really the beginning of the service. It was as if we had seven days of inauguration, preparation. And now we begin the real service. And here the last thing we learned in yesterday's portion, because here the Jews had done and done and done everything, but God didn't ascend. And then Moses prayed, and the fire of God came down to the people, as we're about to read today. The glory of God appeared to the entire people, and chapter 9, verse 24, a fire went forth from before God and consumed upon the altar the Ola offering that was completely consumed, and the fat that people saw, and they praised and fell on their faces. So here, the people did and did and did, but God didn't descend. God, perhaps, was still upset over the act of the golden calf. And Moses prayed, and God descended. And this fire of God came and consumed the offering. So this was a tremendous sign to the Jewish people that, yes, God was with them. God was dwelling in the home they had created for him. And Rashi explains the word Vayironu, Vayironu, as the Targum Onkelesis does, and they praise God as versus other commentators that translate it as they raise their voices. So that's a very, very, very joyous moment. But now on this first day, with all of this exultion, with all this rejoicing in God's presence, a very painful event happened. And then that was actually very great and very godly and a tremendous self of self-sacrifice, a very misunderstood event. So the next verse. The sons of Aaron, Nadav and Abihu, each took his fire pan, they put fire in them, and placed incense upon it, and they brought before God an alien fire that he had not commanded them. A fire came forth from before God and consumed them, and they died before God. So here these two sons of Aaron are his four sons, and here two of them died on this eighth day of the consecration, on the first day of Nisan, when we we're really serving, when we finally have reached the point of true service, and none of you are so overwhelmed by the presence of God, and they still want to be close to God, and they come and they offer their own incense, and the fire of God comes and consumes them. So Rashi says, looking at it in a very like, shocked, literal way, that they must have died as a punishment. They give two opinions. Either they died because they rendered a halakhic decision in the presence of their teacher, Moses, Moshe, or they went into the tabernacle when they had drunk wine. And we can see what seems to support this view because right after their death is when the Torah warns the priests not to enter the sanctuary intoxicated by wine. From the Hasidic perspective, their deaths are viewed as what we call a cloister 
Hanefesh experience, which means they were so close to God. They're seeing God's presence. God comes down on the altar, and they just so want to be one with God that their souls leave their bodies. Their souls are subsumed in God. So they physically die through this spiritual, intense longing and racing to be one with God. Generally, this is misunderstood and, and, and viewed as something wrong, as we're saying Rashi is giving two things they did wrong. And even looking at it from this Hasidic perspective, as I just said, well, it was wrong of them to give in to their tremendous desire to be one with God, and they should have held themselves back. But the Lama Rebbe does explain this. This was actually a great, truly a sacrifice on their part and truly a part of the process of dedicating the tabernacle. And they knowingly did this, to consecrate, to dedicate the tabernacle with their lives. And even to this day, they're misunderstood. They're not honored and held in the esteem they should be held for this tremendous act of sacrifice on their part, for their complete self-sacrifice of their entire life, to dedicate the tabernacle in this fashion. So sometimes you think, well, after you pass away, that's when they finally recognize and appreciate. And even then, it doesn't always happen. God knows. Moses said to Aaron, of this did God speak, saying, I'll be sanctified through those that are close to me. And I'll be honored before the entire people. And Aaron fell silent. So what is Moses referring to? So what God had said to him is, I shall meet there with the children of Israel, and it shall be sanctified through my honor. And we're told, don't say through my honor, bichvodi, but bichvudai, through my honored ones. So Moses knew, Moshe knew, that the ultimate dedication of the tabernacle was going to be with the life of those very honorable ones, those ones very close to God. So Moses said, Aaron, I thought it was going to be me or you. I knew that tabernacles would be sanctified through somebody very, very close to God. But now I see that your sons were greater because they were the ones that God showed to sanctify his tabernacle to. And Aaron was silent, which we're told he received a tremendous reward for his silence, meaning for his not... not voicing any dissent to this. And the reward he receives is that after this, when God teaches the priests that section that those that priests cannot come and serve after they've drunk wine, he was the one that received this prophetic message. He alone is a special, intimate relationship here between God and Aaron and reward to Aaron tremendous honor to God here by being silent and not, of course, saying anything that would imply a complaint or dissent to the situation. So to those that are close to me, meaning to those I have chosen. And then I'm honored by the people. So why then is God honored? Because if God carries out such judgment against the righteous, he becomes feared and exalted and lauded by the people because of this what he's doing to the righteous. What more is he going to do to the wicked? So here God became honored if Nadav and Avihu that are so holy die because of what they did. And again, 
however you're looking at it. If you're looking at it as, oh, because they had done something wrong, and then they receive such a strong, stern response, like, wow, we have to fear God. Or if they had done something so holy, and like, wow, look at this. Look at how the temple is dedicated literally with the lives of these people, how we have to fear God. Moses summoned Michel and Elisaphan, sons of Aaron's uncle Uziel, and said to them, Approach, carry your brothers out of the sanctuary to the outside of the camp. So Uziel was the brother of Amram, Aaron and Moshe's father. That's why he's referred to here as his uncle. And they were told, carry your brothers out. They weren't told, carry your brothers out to bury them. Of course, that's what happened. But the emphasis is more just carry them out. Like, right now, like, remove the corpse from the presence of the bride. Right now, we're supposed to be rejoicing. This tremendous joy for months we've worked on this tabernacle. Since the day of Yom Kippur, until now, until Um Pesach. And finally, it's finished, and finally God came down. There should be such rejoicing and all this such pain. We want to remove them not to, not to be in that space of pain. They approached and carried them in their kutanos, to the shirts that the priests were wearing, to the outside of the camp, as Moses had spoken. So who are we talking about here? Because here's the pronoun, in their kutanos. So it must be... Not the two that were ta- that were sent to carry them, Michelle and Safan, because Michelle and El Safan are Levian. They're not priests. They don't have these special shirts. Who had these shirts? Not doing to you. But if nothing had the shirts, then it says the fire came down and consumed them. How are these shirts still intact? Rashi says the death wasn't like a regular human death. It wasn't a fire came and burnt up their bodies, but rather their souls left their bodies through this fire. That's according to the Talmud's opinion. According to others, the souls and the bodies were burned, but according to the Talmud, the bodies were not burnt. It was just a soul experience of death. Moses said to Aaron to his sons, Elijah and Yisamar, these are the two remaining sons, do not leave your heads unshorn, do not rend your garments, that you do not die. And he becomes angry with the entire assembly, and your brothers, the entire house of Israel, shall mourn the burning that God ignited. So the fact that Moses says, don't leave your heads uncut means, in other words, don't grow your hair, means that that's what a, what a mourner normal normally does. From here we learn that the mourner normally is forbidden to have a haircut. But you don't do that because, again, you're serving God. That would not be respectful. It says that you don't die. Because that would imply that if you do any of these acts that would express your mourning, you would die because you're serving God. It's not appropriate. So who is supposed to express this mourning? Everyone else. The rest of the Jews should be expressing this mourning, from which we learn that the pain, the sorrow of a great Jew of these Torah scholars is on everyone to mourn. The entire community has to share in their pain. So you can't do these official ritualized acts of mourning. You're not allowed to. But the entire Jewish people can mourn and express that pain. Do not leave the entrance of the tent of meeting lest you die, for the oil of God's anointment is upon you. And they carried out what Moshe said, Moshe's directive. God spoke to Aaron saying, this is what we're saying, that God is only here speaking to Aaron, not Aaron and Moses. 
not Moses and Aaron, just Aaron. This was, again, his reward for his previous very noble behavior. God spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink intoxicating wine. You and your sons with you. When you come to the tent of meeting, you do not die. This is an eternal decree for your generation. So you can't drink wine. Yeah, it says intoxicating wine, which means wine in a manner that it intoxicates. So the, the verse says when you come to the tent of meeting, meaning when they come to the sanctuary. But this actually applies even if they just come near the altar. And the altar, of course, is outside the tabernacle to serve by the altar. So the Rebbe says we bring it, Rosh says we bring in another reference here that just says in terms of washing, the ritual washing of the priest's hands and feet, also there it says you have to wash before you come to the tent of meeting. But there also, it's not just when you go into the tabernacle. It's also when you're going to the altar. So just as there, it says the tent of meeting regarding the washing of the hands and feet. And it also applies when you go serve on the altar. Also here, it says you can't come with having drunk wine to the tent of meeting. It also applies to serving at the altar. To distinguish between the sacred and the profane and between the impure and the pure. In other words, this should distinguish between holy service and that which has been profaned. It it means there's a distinction between holy service and service that's profaned. And what are we saying now is profaning the service if the officiating priest is intoxicated? If the priest performed service in such a matter, the service would be invalid. And to teach the children of Israel all the decrees that God had spoken to them through Moses. Which teaches us that if a person is intoxicated, it's forbidden to render any halakhic decision. Not that he dies for this. The priests, if they engage in their service when intoxicated, they die. The scholars are forbidden to render a halakhic decision when intoxicated. But if they do so, which they're not allowed to do, they would not receive the death penalty for doing so.